WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode whatever it says on your app, because at the time that I'm recording this, I just truthfully don't even know what day it is. All about The Hobbit, Chapter 18, The Return Journey, being the part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined once again, of course, I couldn't not have him on, Casey Winters of Hello from Elsewhere. Welcome back, Casey. Hi. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's always a joy to have you on, especially because actually it was pretty much, I think it was about this time two years ago that we recorded the first wow, episode. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I Because I remember I was in the process of moving <laughs> and I'm doing <laughs> and that now again doing now. It again. And so. so am I. And we're in the same same boat. <laughs> yeah. So listeners, this is just a huge shout out to Casey for, for joining us for this episode because not only is his family in the process of moving, they also have four children and one of those children is a baby, yeah. and that just sounds like so much to me. <laughs> and just, just applause, applause to you guys. Applause for doing to it Valerie, all. who's like, yeah, you can record. Okay, yes, sounds good. <laughs> Valerie, yes, spe- yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm sure there's no possible way for me to get both of you guys to sit down. Probably not. No, <laughs> for about an hour uninterrupted yeah. without someone crying or or needing you know, to be put to bed or something. But if it's possible, obviously, I'd love to have you on. So yes, major shout out to Valerie for, um, for taking over for the evening. So you can so we can talk about this chapter. Actually, first, um, why don't you tell us a bit about your first experience with reading The Hobbit? And when, when did that happen in your journey with Lord of the Rings and everything? So my dad had The Hobbit on the shelf. And when I was pretty young, I was probably seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And I tried reading the first chapter and I couldn't get into it. I didn't like it. It it felt too old and um I just I just couldn't get into it. And it wasn't until, you know, years and years and years later than they I saw the trailer for Lord of the Rings. And I didn't even really make the connection that it was from the same like universe, you know? But I really got I've into the, I've heard other people say yeah. that too. Yeah. I just I just was not aware. It kind of it was just kind of in the back of my mind. But yeah, I didn't know and and so I saw the trailer for the movies and then of course I saw the movies and I, I loved, love, loved Lord of the Rings movies. After I saw the first one, I was like, I want to read these, but I decided to sort of preserve the movie experience and wait till the movies were over to read Lord of the Rings. And so then I did and then eventually I got to The Hobbit after. So I kind of read it backwards, kind of like you're doing actually. Um Yeah. And and I really loved The Hobbit, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of kind of my experience backwards. Do you find that you got more enjoyment out of reading The Hobbit or reading um, one of the Lord of the Rings books? Probably Lord of the Rings. I I find them a little more. Um, I just find that them more interesting, just in terms of the story and the depth that they go into. But I I really enjoy The Hobbit. Um, I was really lucky in in um, in college that they had a. A Tolkien class, which is my favorite class that I ever got to take. Oh my gosh, what a nerd! Yeah, right. 
absolute favorite. No, I mean, I, actually, no, I was going to say I would have loved to take a Tolkien class in college, but I sort I mean, I took a film class where we had to watch Lord of the Rings and I hated right. it. So I wouldn't have loved a Tolkien <laughs> class in college. I would have hated it. Oh, it was the best. I mean, what other class do you get to spend like an hour just talking about the function of Ents in Middle Earth? It was great. Um, it was you wonderful. do that um, right here on True. this podcast. <laughs> you don't need you don't need college to do that. We can do it here. Yeah, it's absolutely uh-huh. true. <laughs> Look, Casey, I'm running out of content okay. pretty soon yeah. here. So there will come a time when I just need to spend an hour talking about ints. Exactly. So exactly. You're welcome to come back for that. I would I would <laughs> gladly come back for anything anything you want. Are you gonna read the cool. are you gonna watch the cartoon movie at some point? Oh, you betcha. I know you've talked Especially about it. Especially because it's those cartoon movies that spoiled Boromir's right. death for me. Right. They were the first big thing to ruin everything for you. So Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I did a Google search for, I don't even, oh, the, I did a Google search for the cartoon. At the time, I thought it was a, I thought it was like a TV series, mm. but I did a search for like Lord of the Rings cartoon show. And the first like three suggested YouTube clips that showed up on that Google search was like, the first two were from the cartoon, and then the last one was called Boromir's Death. <laughs> and I was like, well. It's terrible. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's how that happens yep. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, of course I have to watch that. Plus, I've seen, like, so many, like, random, like, stills from it. And I'm like, this just looks like a wild ride. Right. And, and Aragorn is wearing, like thigh high boots just like described (laughs) and then like a dress with like no like leggings or (laughs) tights or anything underneath it (laughs) i'm like what a what a look i'd love to see Viggo mortensen rock that (laughs) yes please (laughs) yeah and then i'm also probably gonna do these like weird soviet union era adaptations have you heard about these what is this oh they're wild so i i think i have some of it mixed up I believe that there was a there was a Soviet Union era adaptation of The Hobbit and that's kind of existed for at least a few years on the internet but really recently like in the last couple months um a Lord of the Rings adapt Soviet Union era adaptation of Lord of the Rings was surfaced on the internet and I believe you can find it somewhere for free. I might be totally mixing that up and maybe there's just one you know Tolkien Wait, adaptation. Is this animated or live action? No, I believe it's live wow. action. I've heard it's a, I've heard it's a fever dream, and yeah. I've also heard from people saying that like the way that like the English is captioned or dubbed doesn't actually match up to like what they're saying oh, in Russian. I love that. Like it doesn't like it, there's not a direct translation, right. and so you can find supposedly you can find like what was actually <laughs> being said, and it like doesn't match up to the story, and apparently they're like two totally different stories. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's definitely. Definitely some obscure things that I'll be covering. I kind of want to cover, I don't remember, there's this very like B-rated movie and I believe it's, you can watch it for free on YouTube and it's called something like Fellowship or, or The Ring and it's basically like a knockoff version of Lord of the Rings where like it's like t- it's set in modern day, but the kids basically go on the exact same journey that happens in Lord of the Rings. And I just happened to find like a, co- a trailer for it. And I was like, this looks. Wh-. And as someone who famously loves bad movies, yeah. like low budget oh, bad yeah. movies, I'm like, this would be yeah, might be funny to get someone to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely some more obscure things. But, yes, I'm totally covering the cartoon movies. Yeah. if you're So, listeners, yeah, if you're wondering what I'm going to be doing 
next and everything. It'll be the Hobbit movies and then, yeah, the cartoon movies and some other random things awesome. that people request them. And then hopefully, hopefully, the Amazon series will be out by then. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's always the hope. So you can keep pushing the Silmarillion back. I know. Just keep pushing it back. Yeah. I do have an illustrated edition that I, oh, I did nice. ask for, an illustrated edition for Christmas. So I did I did kind of start that that thought process in my head of like, well, maybe I will cover it one day. Yeah. But I regret getting it right now as I'm packing because it's very heavy. <laughs> Books are heavy, yes. I'm Books re- are heavy. And I'm trying it. to Yeah, I'm trying to put them all, you know, into separate, like really small boxes. So there's not just one giant right. books box box. But the problem is my illustrated editions of Harry Potter. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. things probably weigh more yep. than your children. Yep, they do. Yep. <laughs> Found that out the other day. So and then yeah, the Silmarillion on top of that. Yeah. Anyway, The Hobbit, this chapter. (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) What are we here for? Yeah, again, uh, this is chapter 18, The Return Journey. Um, And our previous chapter started off with a cliffhanger. Well, actually, first, before we jump into it, I got really nervous before we hopped on to record because you were saying, like, I'm not sure what to talk (laughs) about with this chapter because I was like, oh, my God, I have so many thoughts. And I was like, did we read the same (laughs) chapter? Because, like, this, again... All of the chapters in The Hobbit at yeah. this point are very short. I think it's only it's only two reasons. One, because I've read it before, so it's like nothing really surprised me where it's, that's different for yeah, you. That's true. And two, I'm just super stressed about moving and have like little mental energy. So I think it's just like I have one page of notes, which if you know me, that is literally hey, yo, nothing. I do too. That is literally nothing. And so I'm going to do my best to just kind one of page follow of your notes. lead. One page of notes is beautiful. Not because for that's me, though. Also, that's also what I have. That's also what I okay. have. Well, your step down, your version of notes yeah. that are like a step down from what you're usually used to is what my like mm-hmm. usual is at. So I think it all evens out. Well, so I have to tell you something. It all evens so out. speaking of packing books, you know, we've been packing all our books and I have some of my like Tolkien reference books that I love. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pack these yet. You never know if Mary Clay asks me. <laughs> a really obscure because, question. <laughs> what, or, or asks me to be on or anything. Right, exactly. And I was, But that was just my ego. And I was like, no, I don't have a podcast anymore. I'm just a guy now. Mary Clay is not going to ask me to be on the podcast. So Why I pack- would I not ask you? Because I'm just oh a guy. Gosh. And so I... So You're not just a guy. <laughs> so I, I packed them up because I was like, I'm, I'm being you know, stupid. And so I packed them up and... Then you asked me and I was like, oh, oh dang it. So but I want those because I, I'm, you know, I need to hide behind my reference books um, to show that I'm smart. Right. But I cannot find them. I don't know which box I put them in. So I, I'm just going off my own thoughts, which is why I only have one page. Well, that's just fine. You do not <laughs> ever need to come in with extra reference I know, but I just like I know to. you like to. I just like to. It's fun for I me. I know you like and- to. I promise you, you always... You're always smarter at this than than I am. Okay. So sure. you have you have exponentially more it, knowledge, sure. I think, than you realize. Not anymore. Like than I do. you're a Tolkien nerd now. You know all the things. I really am not. Because <laughs> I here's the thing though. I have read all of Lord of the Rings. However, that was two years ago now. For wow. some parts of that, right. that was two years ago. I don't remember what happens. <laughs> Bormir died. I don't know. I but... couldn't tell you. 
some people are like just finding the podcast and like going mm. they're you know starting at the beginning um which by the way if you if you're one of those people and you've like caught up now and you listen back to those especially those first 14 when i had my microphone backwards <laughs> congratulations you made it and people will occasionally message me or tweet me and be like in this episode you asked about this thing and i'm like i don't remember the context i'm sorry yeah. like i appreciate you reaching out and you know explaining this or, or whatever but like i don't remember anything right. i won't remember what we talked about in this recording the second we click right. end so <laughs> yeah i have no clue um but yeah I, like i read i read lord of the rings yeah but it was two years ago for for the majority yeah. of it a year ago for you know we're coming up on the well i say coming up on it's not really until like august september of when i finished reading but um anywho this chapter this chapter <laughs> yeah i found it very eventful but uh again tolkien we'll talk about it let it out we'll see we'll see (laughs) my like you could see people who are um patrons of the 11s east here who get access to my notes that i post um will see the not necessarily decline because i started out like very casual and calm with my notes and then like (laughs) it progressively gets like what's happening now right (laughs) (laughs) as the chapter goes on which i think is appropriate because that's also kind of what bilbo's experiencing because he has just woken up from being knocked out right at the climax of the battle which by the way still tolkien i see what you did there now that i've you know completed the journey of all of these eagles showing up to save the day again and again and again loves those eagles yep (laughs) um Yeah, Bilbo got knocked out and he wakes up. I love the first sentence. When Bilbo came to himself, he was literally by himself. I don't know why. I just found that. Yeah, it's just fun. (laughs) And yeah, he uh, was knocked out and he looks around and everyone's gone. And I just kind of laughed because I was like, he got left behind again. (laughs) Because it happened in the goblin tunnels. And I was like, really? Like, even if they thought he was dead, they should have at least grabbed him or something. Like, they just left him there? Like, what happened? (laughs) And someone comes and looks for and like calls out sort of Bilbo speaks up and he's like, who said that? And then it says, Bilbo remembered his ring. And I was like, oh, that's why he's invisible still. Again, this is another long, that's another long period of time, probably at least, you know, 12 hours. I don't know how long the battle was going on. Um, And then he, I don't know how long he was, you know, knocked out for, but that's another long period of time that he's wearing the ring for, um, which, you know, obviously it doesn't have the same powers that we, you know, or effects that we know it has in Lord of the Rings. But right. um, it's just, you know, coming from the like Lord of the Rings brain side you know side of my brain of things being like oh wow he was wearing that for a long time how is he like yeah not totally corrupted now you know did you so when you so because you did lord of the rings and then the hobbit like Mm -hmm. i'm doing did you ever have like some of that you know confusion too or like conflicting of like wait a minute but i thought this happened and then you have to like remember like he technically you know he hadn't written what you already knew right yet but i think even in universe it makes sense if you consider that Sauron's power is less here and Mm -hmm. so therefore the ring would have less power that's kind of the way I saw it but I did always find that interesting that um that yeah the power of the ring seems uh pretty um I don't know low-key compared to compared to later for sure yeah it's just always like surprising yeah to me yeah so he he's like oh that's right I'm invisible duh (laughs) takes the ring off this man whoever it is takes him down to the camp well it's interesting right there that um that bilbo 
he introduces himself. He says, it's me, Bilbo Baggins, companion of Thorin, which is really interesting considering what has just happened with between him True. and Thorin, that he True. still is like, still feels okay saying that. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would, but Bilbo, ever kind-hearted, is just like, yeah, I'm a companion of Thorin still. Companion of Thorin, yeah. He was mean to me, but. Yeah. Also, like, considering everything that happened, I don't know if you would necessarily want to share that oh, information yeah. of like, hey, you know the guy who was so greedy that he wouldn't share his money to right. fix a town that he helped destroy <laughs> in some part? Yeah, I'm his friend. <laughs> you know the guy who's the whole reason we had this battle? Yeah, we're bosom buddies. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, we're friends. Um, and it's even funnier, too, because there was a moment in the battle where it says, like, Bilbo preferred, like... If he was going to die, he would have preferred to die protecting the Elven King. And mm. my guests and I were like, why? He <laughs> hasn't had any kind of relationship with the Elven right. King at this point. You know, if anything, it should be he, you know, should want to die protecting Thorin. So, yeah, that is kind of funny that he's still, it's me, Bilbo Baggins, companion of yeah. Thorin. <laughs> <laughs> um so he gets taken down to where everyone is recovering. Gandalf is there. Gandalf is wearing a sling. I don't know why I found that amusing, but I did. Right, I did too. I don't know why either. <laughs> why is that? It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's oddly like humanizing of him. Yeah. And it also kind of like, it puts, it kind of sets him in like our real world. Right. Sort of, of like. I, you know, like I've broken my arm before. I've had to wear a cast, yeah. you know, I, I've seen people who wear a sling. It's like a very like humanizing thing to, to do for like Gandalf the Grey, the wizard, right. you know? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just found, I just found that amusing. And it's, uh, it even says like for even Gandalf the wizard was, I don't know, not immune to harm, except Tolkien wrote that better than I did. Um, <laughs> and so Gandalf is delighted to see him, of course, because everyone thought he was dead because they obviously couldn't see him. Actually, that kind of goes along with like in Harry Potter. I know a lot of people like making jokes about like what happens if, you know, blank with the invisibility cloak. Right. And it's like, what happens if you die with the invisibility cloak right. covering you? <laughs> or the fact that Harry did almost get left on the train. You know. On the train, yeah, when he was petrificus to tell Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Petrified. Yeah. No, that's what the basilisk does. Whatever. He was frozen, yeah, under the under the invisibility right. cloak. Yeah. And like he would have just stayed up there until I guess someone like accidentally stumbled over No, well, because Bilbo would have been able to like move eventually, you know. But like yeah, just like a funny image. Yeah, Gandalf is obviously excited to see him. Then he kind of, it's that he changes his disposition because he says, come, he said more gravely, you are called for. And so they go into a tent and there is Thorin Oakenshield, wounded with many wounds and his rent armor and notched axe were cast upon the floor. And I was like, okay. <laughs> then it says, farewell, good thief, he said. I go now to the halls of waiting to sit beside my father's until the world is renewed. Since I leave now all sil wait, since I wait. <laughs> since I leave now all gold and silver and go where it is of little worth, I wish to part in friendship from you, and I would take back my words and deeds at the gate. And I'm like, so Thorin's dying? Right. Okay. Farewell. See you later. Goodbye. I just I don't know why farewell. Because he says it multiple times and it sounds so funny to me. Like someone who's not really dying, but they're sort of faking sick or they think they're sick. But they're dying. He's just like, farewell. Well, I'll see of you later. What I 
thought was happening right. at first because it just says he's wound- it doesn't really then again you know this is quote unquote a children's book right. so it's not like Tolkien is going to be like there was blood gushing out of his chest <laughs> there was I imagine but <laughs> I'm sure there was yeah <laughs> um, it just says he was wounded and so I was like okay he's just you know being dramatic or whatever and it's also not it's not not in the character of Thorin to be dramatic. I did too many double negatives. Now I confused I myself. Oh no, yeah. it hurt itself in its confusion. Um, it's not unlike Thorin to be dramatic, or you know. And so I was just kind of like, he's wounded. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, he does say farewell several times, and it's also kind of like, really now, now you've come to the conclusion that you know you can't take it with you, and that this wealth doesn't really mean anything in the grander scheme of things. Right. Like now, after all of this. <laughs> Could we have not done this like a week ago? <sighs> Whatever. I guess, right. you know, sometimes you need to die in order to for, 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 to realize the extent right. of everything. <laughs> Who knows? He, uh, Bilbo, th- you know, thanks him for being a part of this journey um, and says that he is glad to have shared in your perils. And I'm like, was it really? Like, were you really glad to share? Okay. <laughs> Like, I feel like a lot of this, I'm sure like in the movies, you know, it's much more emotional and they are able to build up a lot more of their like friendships and relationships and everything. But like, as I'm reading this right now in the book, I'm like, Bilbo, were you really that glad to have shared in these perils? And so now I'm kind of thinking about this from the perspective of like, you know, when someone dies, you don't, even if they were like really terrible and mean, you don't, you know, don't speak ill of the dead like right. if someone's on their deathbed you're not going to be like you were terrible <laughs> and i hated every part of this right. you know <laughs> so bilbo just you know and he's also a hobbit too so being polite or whatever but i'm sure there is a part of him that is genuine thorin says if more of us valued food and cheer and so actually wait, 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 wait uh, let me back up i want to read the sentence before um there is more of you oh my god <laughs> reading is impossible okay There is more in you of good than you know, child of the kindly West. First of all, it's hilarious that he calls him a child. (laughs) A child. He's a man. Well, he's a hobbit, but he's a grown hobbit. Right. They're always infantilizing them, carrying them around. Yeah. Yeah. Child of the kindly West. Yes. Some courage and some wisdom blended in measure. If more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. But sad or merry, I must leave it now. Farewell. And then Bilbo turns away and leaves and sits outside and cries. And then I guess Thorin dies. Right. Dies. They never really say it. Yeah. Which I get, you know, again, children's Kids book, book yeah. kind of like, you know, a lot of ch- a lot of children's movies and children's TV shows leave a lot of like death up to, you know, it's ambiguous yeah. or it's meant to, unless you're watching Tarzan in which they show the literal shadow of... What's his name? Clark? No, Clayton. Clayton. That's the name of the dude in Tarzan. Sure, yeah. uh, it's haunted me forever <laughs> since my childhood. Listeners who know, you know exactly what I'm talking about, if you've, if you've also been haunted by the Tarzan movie, where when Clayton falls from the vines, a vine wraps around his neck, and then they show his like shadow, and you see like his feet oh, kind of yeah. dangling, and they show his shadow as the lightning is flashing of his body hanging. And I'm like, that's that's dark, Disney. Um, Okay. Anyway, Phil Collins, take it away. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of left um, to be ambiguous. And I was just 
I was like, okay, this just seems extremely random to me. It seems super, it feels like so disconnected from everything. Like he just walks in. It's literally like, it's not really even a full page. It's like barely a full page. This scene of like Thorin dying. It's very anticlimactic. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I guess that is kind of appropriate with what happened with Bilbo where like he was knocked out for the climax of the battle he missed everything and then he wakes up you know in a daze or whatever comes in and then Thorin is dying and then he dies and that's it so I guess that's kind of like you know true to like what Bilbo is experiencing at the time but it just seemed like he Tolkien didn't he didn't have to do that you know like I can explain it in universe but when you're creating it when you're writing it you don't have to make it you know you can find some other way to work I I don't know expand upon again it's so funny because in Lord of the Rings I never would have said Tolkien you should have expanded (laughs) upon this more (laughs) but I found myself doing that a couple times with the Hobbit where I'm like I mean this was a chapter that's less than 10 pages he could have written a another scene but he didn't I guess he just didn't feel like writing the battle. Right. Again, which he's done multiple times in Lord of the Rings as mm-hmm. well. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. It's sh- it is very funny. Like it's very funny and I can picture it so clearly in my head of Bilbo being like, "Yeah, the eagles." And then just like bam, <laughs> right. he's out. <laughs> Cut to black. <laughs> and then he wakes up. Yeah, and every- everyone's gone. Yeah. So like it does it does kind of fit with what Bilbo's going through where he's also a little bit disconnected and still trying to like catch up to speed with what's happened but yeah just from a narrative perspective it's so uh, it's just very odd to me yeah i feel like we as a reader aren't feeling the same emotion that bilbo's supposed to be feeling like Mm -hmm. he's very sad about it and it just feels like you said it's kind of random out of nowhere yeah i was not I mean, listeners will know, uh, obviously, up until this point, I notoriously hate Thorin. Mm. So I feel no uh, I feel no sadness at his death. I'm, it's not necessarily like with Boromir, where, <laughs> where you were <laughs> when Boromir for died, I like <laughs> literally like cackled out loud. <laughs> um, that was mostly because I wasn't expect because I got to the end of Fellowship of the Ring and Tyler and Ethan had said something like, so is Boromir dead yet? And I was right. like what? <laughs> and they were like, he dies at the end of fellowship. And I was like, uh, no, he doesn't. Cause I just finished it. And then literally at the end of the first page of right. two towers, <laughs> he died. <laughs> anyway. So it's not like that where I was gleeful and happy to see Boromir right. die. Um, I was just kind of like, okay, I don't really know how to feel about this. And also a little bit consistent too, with how with his writing style in Lord of the Rings, where he doesn't have a lot of, um, like a more modern writer would be inserting a lot more like emotional tags into the scene of like, yeah, it says like Bilbo knelt knelt on one knee filled with sorrow. There maybe would have been something else about like he grabbed Thorin's hand and then instead of saying like he said, it would have been he cried or, you know, notes about like tears falling down his face. And there is something a little bit later where it says he wept until his eyes were red and his voice was hoarse, which is very sad, of course. But um, yeah, he leaves it very kind of like open ended and ambiguous. And I guess, you know, you feel whatever you feel. And in our case, we don't really feel no, it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. So now in terms of like this plot point happening, mm-hmm. I had been waiting for like the other shoe to drop at some point in this book. 
I was expecting that someone was going to die because there was a question I got early on that was like, who do you think will die? And I was like, well, up until now, no one. So <laughs> so someone dies. I'm, assu- I'm assuming <laughs> someone dies. Um, and then I did see on TikTok, it was like a movie. Uh, it was a clip from the Hobbit movie. And it was like right when I scrolled onto it, it was a shot of Bilbo next to I didn't know who it was. Now I'm assuming it's Thorin, but it was definitely like Bilbo next to a dead body in the movie, and I immediately scrolled away. So I was like, okay, so someone does die, and it is a dramatic death of importance. I was kind of suspecting it would be Thorin, but as the book was going on and, you know, getting longer and longer, and we had this battle, and then I was like, okay, there's only like 15 pages left in this book. Like, what's going to happen? I didn't think that any... I was like, maybe that was just a movie thing or whatever. So this wasn't really... Um, a huge shock to me or anything. I'm trying to think if there were any deaths in Lord of the Rings that were like a huge shock to me. Oh, yo, Saruman's. Saruman's death. That was rad. Um, <laughs> but that was really the only time I think that I was like, <gasps> I did not see that coming. Yeah. So I did kind of expect that someone of importance would die and that it might be Thorin. So can't say I didn't see it coming. So then Bilbo sits down and this is another classic Tolkien move where the characters sit down and they learn what they missed (laughs) and Tolkien will just summarize it in a, you know, in a paragraph or two. And the Eagles had been planning to come and like, you know, build up some kind of army or join in a fight because they had been watching and seeing what the goblins were doing. And they knew they're like, those goblins are up to no good. We got to do something about that probably at some point. So they were already kind of aware that it would happen. Um, I'm wondering if the eagles came of their own volition or there's a point in the previous chapter where it mentions that Gandalf is sitting like quietly on the ground, almost like meditating, Mm. like muttering something, almost like a prayer. And I thought that might have been like him somehow summoning the eagles. But now that we have this additional information that like the eagles had kind of been planning to come anyway, I wonder like how much of that was actually Gandalf and how much of it was just like the eagles. So if it wasn't Gandalf, then what was he doing? Just, <laughs> just sleeping? Well, that's what's funny. Saying that's a prayer? What's funny what was he doing? <laughs> is... We were making fun of like, I'm assuming he's doing some kind of like magical thing here. But what if he's actually just sitting there like, you know what? I need to, I need to calm, <laughs> need a I minute. need to take a moment, <laughs> a moment to myself, which for Hobbit Gandalf wouldn't surprise right. me. That's for Gandalf totally the Grey. Gandalf the Grey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to sit here and meditate for a bit. Y'all yeah. have fun. Gandalf the White. I don't picture him muttering much, but yeah. Gandalf the Grey. Definitely Gandalf a, the Grey. a big yeah. mutterer. Yeah. Storytelling Podcast Week is starting soon. Join me Wednesday, July 21st through Sunday, July 25th for live story salons, interviews, panels, and live episodes, including my panel, Speaking on Fandoms, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, July 24th. You'll also have the opportunity to interact with some of your favorite podcasters across fiction and nonfiction shows, including the podcasters behind Cryptids, Grammar Girl, Welcome to Night Vale, Within the Wires, BBC's The Comb, Why It Matters, and more as they join live in real time on Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. Register now, podcastweek.live slash storytelling. And my listeners can use the code JRR for a free pass. That's podcastweek.live slash storytelling and use the code JRR for a free pass. I'll see you at Storytelling Podcast Week. 
We also find out, this is what I was really mad about that we missed. Uh, in that last hour, Bjorn himself, or Bayorn, however you want to pronounce it. In that last hour, Bayorn himself had appeared. No one knew how or from where. I love that note. No one knew how or from where. Just here comes Bjorn. Maybe Gandalf Just summoned him. Summoned him. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. 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 Could be, could be. There's some muttering. Yeah, I don't know. Bear well, again, yeah, no one knew how or from where. I was going to say, we get no further really information of um, like how he heard about what was happening or why he came. Because um, that was a long distance. He was on the other side. He lives on the other side of Mirkwood. That's right. They yeah. came because th- they were at his house and then they went to Mirkwood and then they had Lake Town and then they had to travel up to the mountain. So he came a long way. I'm right. assuming it would have been fast because. He was in bear's shape, it says. Um, he, seemed to, he seemed to have grown almost to giant size in his wrath. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it continues. The roar of his voice was like drums and guns. He tossed wolves and goblins from his path like straws and feathers. And it just goes on with this, you know, more about like how badass Bjorn was. And I'm like, really? We mi-? Like, I didn't necessarily care too much about like, I was like, are you telling me we, we missed? We mi- Oh, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. I wrote, we missed Bjorn in bear mode battling. I needed a third. I needed a fourth <laughs> B in there, but I couldn't come up with it. Ba- battling bear Bjorn. <laughs> I was like, we missed that. Are you kidding me? That sounds so cool. Right? I wish we had like seen, you know, you know, had more of the details of that in the battle. And then I put like a side note under that of like, LOL, I clearly don't care that much about seeing Thorin's like death you know like fi- you know the delivering fatal blows or anything you know like forget about that i want to see bjorn in battle as a bear yeah, exactly i like that it says his voice was like drums and guns like there's multiple times where guns and gunpowder are mentioned but we never actually see guns they- and gunpowder oh, in middle earth true. um some have said that like wait a minute because that's so true because doesn't saruman well i guess that's a movie thing where saruman right. like invents gunpowder i'm pretty sure gunpowder as a word might be used in Lord of the Rings as well. But it's it's likely because, you know, the conceit is that the Hobbit is written by Bilbo in Hobbit language and Tolkien is just translating it into English for us. So really it's some okay. other word that's similar to gun or gunpowder or, you know, fireworks or something. Whatever's equivalent yeah. to, you know, the Hobbit form yeah. of a gun. Yeah. But in real life, it's probably just that Tolkien wasn't thinking about it and he liked the yeah. way it, it sounded. Like drums and guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is always funny when you read like those modern day words yeah. like that in here. Um, I can never pronounce the word, but it's an, an anachronistic. Yeah. No, I think I said that correct. Yeah. Yes. Of like guns no right. this is this is my fairy tale in middle earth yeah. with the hobbits and the shire and the elves there are no guns well and there are some intentional anachronisms like the hobbits are meant to be a little bit closer to our world than the medieval but it is just interesting because we don't actually see guns in any form. yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah so bjorn comes in and he uh wait wait bat badass bjorn bear there you go battling i'm gonna give it up whatever <laughs> um he comes in and he's amazing and he's really cool uh, and he swoops in and takes Thorin. The only uh, really detail we get about like what kind of caused his fatal injuries, it just says who had fallen pierced with spears. So 
gushing with blood. Yeah, gushing with blood. Yeah, <laughs> blood was spurting out of Everywhere. a million holes in his body. Yeah, no, it doesn't say that. And then it just goes on with like another paragraph actually of like how awesome Bjorn is. Of like then he, swiftly he returned and his wrath redoubled. That's so cool, man. Right, he just crushed Bolg, so the cool. the goblin yeah. dude. Yeah. Yes, the 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 current head of the goblins destroys him and i was very concerned because there's one sentence starts off with then dismay fell and i was like oh no if you kill off bjorn right now i will not finish this book and i will just podcast is go over. right to the movies <laughs> podcast over i draw the line you know i can accept a lot of things but what i can't accept is this random bear man being killed <laughs> No, um, the goblins, the dismay fell on the goblins and they are because their leader has been killed. And so they run off in a million directions to retreat and flee. But for the most part, they are tracked down or chased after and killed. And any goblins that do escape are like too afraid basically to do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, so they've essentially... Uh, and I'm assuming this, it doesn't really, it doesn't specifically, I don't think, mentioned what happened to the wargs, but I'm assuming they, you know, pretty much killed them all too. And so everyone is very, um, it's a very bittersweet battle, obviously, because Thorin died, and I'm assuming many other people died too. But this, like, huge, the the goblins and the wargs are the enemies of all, they said. Like, they were the thing that unified these three different armies to become one and fight against them. We do know that like they don't they don't actually get wiped out completely because goblins and orcs are the same thing. So we know that by the time of Lord of the Rings that there's more of them. They don't all run away. But wait, yeah. are goblins and orcs the same thing? Yeah, so goblin is just the the hobbit word for orc. In Tolkien's like language and mythology and the language he's he, languages he's created, goblins just the the synonym. They're synonyms. So the whole time languages. that I've been reading this up until now, I mean, I say up until now. So the whole time that I've been reading The Hobbit, it's really orcs yeah. that they. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're the same. Okay. Thing. But then, see, that makes me mad because then in the movies, there are these creatures that aren't really orcs and they're not really, you know, whatever. And they look like goblins. And so I was like, okay, here we go. This is an introduction of goblins. At least that's, mm. you know, they went back into the source material yeah. and, you know, drew some kind of creature. Well, here. there's different kinds and there's different sizes and there's, there's ones what, that live deeper in the earth. And so, so they're a little bit different, but really, yeah, they're the same. They're synonyms, goblin and orc. <sighs> See, that Sorry. makes sense, too, because the sword that Thorin has right. his name Orcrist. Yep. yep. And one of the goblin See, kings. See, and you were you were worried <laughs> that you didn't have your Tolkien <laughs> reference book. I had assumed that that had come up previously. I just assumed. No, that, that had you're come smarter up. than every other guest <laughs> no, who's come on. True. <laughs> take that, take that, every other guest. Actually, you know what? That's definitely not true because <laughs> you had the <laughs> Corey Olson, yeah. the literal Tolkien professor, right. was on. Yep. So you're not smarter I'm than not him, smarter maybe. Than him, no. <laughs> but I did learn this goblin orc thing in my Tolkien class, as mentioned. So that class ah, was good for something. The class came in handy, yep. yeah. You should write that professor and be like, I wanted to let you know that this point came up on this podcast that I was on. He's a huge Tolkien nerd. I should just get him to come on your... I mean, obviously, he'd be a Tolkien sure. nerd. He had to like fight to get the <laughs> class because, you know, some English teachers are weird about fantasy, but he's cool. But that's so... But like, I would get it if you were trying to... 
like fantasy, I understand maybe being, you know, if you're like high and mighty being like, it's not distinguished right. literature, but like it's Tolkien. Right. Like that's a totally different yeah. I agree. Category. Yeah, that's probably what got in the class. Was yeah. That argument. Yeah. Like it's, it's freaking J.R.R. Tolkien. Like he invented a genre. Yeah. Did you by any chance read Beowulf at all? Did you touch um, Not in that class, but in a different class oh, okay. I read. I did read Beowulf. Yeah. I was going to say, because I could see starting maybe in the class talking about also like the origins of fantasy mm. and like We'd, story. We and... did cover that. Like we, we talked about that a lot, but we didn't like read a read lot it, in yeah. full. But um, we did definitely talk about. I don't think I don't think anyone who's sane has ever read Beowulf in full. <laughs> but I just literally just said I did read Beowulf later. So what are you? Oh, later what on, are you, you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was a class requirement, True. right? It was. Yeah. No one ever sits down and is like, you know what I want to read right now, Beowulf. But then Tolkien did it. Not only did that, but then he did his own translation, translation of it. So yeah. that's like the ultimate we'll power. Move. So maybe, maybe I will have to come around and be like, you know what I want to read? You will. This Tolkin translation of Beowulf. Beowulf yeah. <laughs> In which case, your professor, your college professor, might have might be a great guest to have on for that instance. True. <laughs> like, I don't understand what I just read. Talk to me. <laughs> I remember very little. We read maybe like a little sample in high school just as like our English teacher kind of because we were going through like really early literature and at some point we did the Canterbury Tales yeah. that was like middle English I remember there was like a timeline of things and I'm assuming Beowulf was at the beginning because that's pretty much the beginning of stories yeah anyhow yeah Beowulf is not in this book Beorn is, that's right we were talking Beowulf. about orcs and goblins yeah um Okay, well, apparently goblins are orcs. The more you know, the more you know, listeners. Um, yeah, so not all of them die off because clearly they come back uh, at later points. Um, and I don't know. We'll just have to see if there's any troubles or battles or if meat's back on the menu. Who knows? Right. So what we're saying is this: the end of this book is pointless. There's no happy ending here because <laughs> no they all come ending. back. It is kind of like... <laughs> and it's kind of like Bilbo came home and set this silly little ring on the mantelpiece right. and thought fondly of his his adventures. And then, you know, 50, you know, 70 years in the future or whatever. The world basically breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His cousin Frodo is like, why did you have to go on this adventure and get this ring? You destroyed my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So Bilbo is asking about the eagles and like what happened with them and where they are. Um, and... It also says, it says, Dane has crowned their chief with gold. And I'm assuming it says, I'm assuming their chief means the eagle chief. Yeah. And then it also says, sworn friendship with them forever. So that begs the question, why weren't the dwarves and Lord of the Rings calling for the eagles to help with anything? Why did we have to, if they have sworn friendship right. forever... Why did, you know, why did Gimli not be like, hey, you know what? We're, my people are really good friends with the eagles. They could probably help us out in this battle or in this thing. So many or... dwarves just hang out underground, which is notoriously not the dwelling place of eagles. So, of eagles, yeah. that is true, yeah. <laughs> That'd be my <laughs> that guess. That is true, yeah. yeah. Bilbo's upset that he missed the eagles, but then he's like, but I guess I'll be going home soon, right? 
And Gandalf says, as soon as you like. And that's all that Bilbo has wanted for basically this whole book. (laughs) As soon as he left the Shire, he was like, I regret everything. Take me home. But he does stay around for a couple more days as things kind of get settled more. They bury Thorin deep beneath the mountain and Bard laid the Arkenstone upon his breast. And then they also bury him. Yes, they bury him with the Orchrist. It also mentions that the sword is said to glow when enemies approach. And so the fortress of the dwarves could not be taken by surprise. And so I was like, okay, so this concept of like elvish swords glowing when enemies are near is something that Tolkien... Uh, I just think it's kind of funny like he ran him. I don't know if maybe this was like something that when he wrote it here, he was like, and legend says that this sword, and it was something that he's like, that doesn't actually happen. And then in Lord of the Rings, he's like, but maybe it does happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get the startling news that Feely and Keely have died. Even less pomp and circumstance than Thorin's death here. It's just oh my, one. But I had much more of a re- much sentence. more of a reaction here. Right. Yeah, much less pomp and like. I, what did I write down? Yeah, I wrote down <laughs> in all caps. I'm sorry. What you're just gonna do, Keely and Feely, like that? Yeah, in exposition yeah, just, from the past. Yep. They just yeah, because it says okay. Of the twelve companions of Thorin, ten remained. Feely and Keely had fallen defending him with shield and body, for he was their mother's elder brother. And he died anyways, so a lot of good that did. Oh my god, Casey, why did you have to say that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so Feely and Keely are dead. Thanks for that. <laughs> Could we have not have done like one of the ones that we didn't really have any interactions with, like Dory, Nori, Ori? or Oin, or Dwalin, or even Biffer and Bofer, I would have been fine with. We've rarely interacted with any of the dwarves, right. but Keely and Philly were the ones that we did interact with, and he killed them! Oh my god. Well, f- I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that maybe they change that in the movie. We'll see. <laughs> I haven't seen the third one, so I can't spoil it. Oh, you haven't seen the third no, movie? I, any <laughs> any reason why you just never got around to it? I really didn't it? like the second one, and the first one was just okay, and so... I was like, eh. You just never had, yeah. I'm just not going to, yeah. Which I makes me sad because well, I love Lord of the Rings and I like the Hobbit yeah. book and I like the- I will yeah. say, I've heard people say that the third one is the best. Oh, really? Okay. Out of the three. So maybe that'll Maybe I need to give mind. it a try. Also, maybe it's just the second one that, which is a shame because like I love the all the smog stuff in the books. And so that really made me sad mm-hmm. that the movie was that way, but- but all I'm, I'm saying is so, I can't man, spoil the movies, so I don't know. I just have no clue what's going to happen in those movies. This book is so short and not that much happens. And they made it into three Well, movies. they were originally going to make two. So they had a different director. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro was going to make it. And then... That would have been dope. And Peter Jackson was just going to be a producer. But then some creative differences or maybe it was just stress. I don't know. For whatever reason, Guillermo, Guillermo left the project and then they extended it to three movies. So, yeah. Because more money. They were like, we're going to get these nerds in. Whether or not we make one movie or three, these nerds are going to come back, except for Casey Winters. He is not going to come back and see this third movie. He's not giving us our money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Keely and Feely are dead. Rip. Oh, God. (laughs) Terrible. Um, Dane said, so then they divide up the treasure to all of the remaining people and then they give it says yet yeah they give a 14th share to bard and dane says we will honor the agreement of the dead and he he has now the arkenstone in his keeping so i thought this was just very funny like 
loophole of like, well, Thorin did technically say, right. if you give me the Arkenstone, I'll give you a 14th share of my treasure. And he does have the Arkenstone now. So we're going to give you a 14th of this treasure. Makes sense. This is what I was, I, I was, I was confused about this language. Um, so he says to Bilbo... This treasure is as much yours as it is mine, though old agreements cannot stand, since so many have a claim in its winning and defense. Yet even though you were willing to lay aside all your claim, I should wish that the words of Thorin, of which he repented, should not prove true, that we should give you little. I would reward you most richly of all. So I'm confused. So why does why is Bilbo not have a claim to the treasure anymore? I have I yeah I'm not you have sure. No clue. Nope. Okay, great. We're both confused. Yep. Excellent, excellent. We're on the same page. Yep. Um, it's one of those things where you know, reading the like old time. I say old timey. You know, it's ninety years ago, it's 80, 80, 85 years ago, whatever. But like reading that language, I'm like, I don't know what you just said, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak English, please? Um, but whatever happened, Bilbo's happy with the outcome because he was like. I don't know how I was going to get the treasure home anyway, which I'd been wondering about too. Because yeah. <laughs> from the from what I heard of how big the treasure was, I'd been wondering like, how is Bilbo going to transport a fourteenth of that if apparently it's so massive? How is he going to take a fourteenth of this treasure back to the Shire right. if it's so big? So we at least had the same concerns, and he's uh, he's like, it's it's better off with you. I don't need all that money. Um, but he does take two small chests, one filled with silver and the other with gold. And that's all he can really fit on a pony. And that's what he takes. And that's like the wealth that everyone in the first chapter of the Fellowship of the Ring will be fighting over, which is just like so funny to yeah. think about. <laughs> so he says goodbye to everyone, says farewell, Thorn Oakenshield and Feely and Killy. May your memory never fade. He leaves. Balin, Balin gives him one last goodbye, which I appreciate because I like Balin. He's a cool dude. And Bilbo says, if you're ever passing my way, don't wait to knock. Tea is at four, but any of you are welcome at any time. So I love that he still gives him like tea's at four o'clock, but I guess right. you can come by whenever. That's fine. And he wouldn't have welcomed <laughs> them, you know, at the beginning. So that's kind of nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He says, don't wait to knock. Which is just so unlike the Bilbo yeah. that we had at the beginning of the story, where he's like, even if people knock on his door, he probably does the same thing that I do when, <laughs> when I do, when people knock on my door now when I'm not expecting people to come or like a deliver or anything. I literally, because my uh, bedroom windows face the front yard mm -hmm. and they're like right next to the path up to our door. Right. And so whenever there's someone at the door, I literally drop to the ground and hide so they don't see me through same. the windows. Oh, same. Yep, that's me. <laughs> And so they turn away and leave. It's very sad. Um, and then Bilbo and Gandalf ride out with the elves towards Mirkwood. And the elves are like, hey, why don't you come with us? Stay, you know, come to Mirkwood. You can stay with us for a bit. And it's like, huh. There's spiders we in there. Can, <laughs> yeah. Like, we could go back into this impenetrable forest of darkness where there are spiders that tried to kill us. Or we can go around the forest, um, which is safer now that there aren't as many goblins or orcs, apparently, <laughs> um, and wargs. They're all gone. And also, we'll be in the company of the shape-shifting bear man. Hmm. What should we do? <laughs> yep. I do not blame the choice they make there. Yeah, I, would do the same. I think that's a smart choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they decide to part ways with the elves. Bilbo gives him, uh, gives the elven king a gift of the treasure. And he's like, 
how did I earn such a gift? We barely know each other. And you were willing to apparently die for me in the battle. (laughs) We barely know each other. And I love this. Bilbo feels bad of the couple of weeks that he... I just spit all over my microphone. (laughs) How embarrassing. That's gross. Um, That's what the the thingy is for. The pop filter. Um, (laughs) uh, Bilbo's like, well... um, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know when you had those dwarves in prison, I was hiding and sneaking around and I was eating all of your food and wine. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel bad about it. (laughs) I think he says, yeah, he's like, this is for your hospitality. And I'm like, Bilbo, that wasn't hospitality. You were breaking your friends out of prison. And I love that he's, he's giving him a necklace that Dane had just barely given to him. Like he's re-gifting a necklace, which is a very Hobbit thing to do. If you remember from the fellowship, mm-hmm. we learned that they have the the concept of Mathams and the Matham house, and they're always like re-gifting all gifts to Hobbits. So it's not, you know, outside the realm of Hobbit culture. But I do love that Dane's just barely given him this necklace, apparently. Yeah. And he's just like, eh, I'm going to pass this on. Yeah, he doesn't need it. And so then they they part ways with the elves and they leave the elves leave like in good terms with Bilbo, which I think is like important to note, considering um, what we know Bilbo does in Lord of the Rings, where he's like, I'm a peace out and go hang out with the elves for retirement for the rest of my life. Um, And then I'm going to go to not Rivendell. What's the the Grey Havens? Grey Havens. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So they go back to Bjorn's house. And they end up staying there pretty much all winter. They stay there for it says Yuletide, but I'm assuming that's just I'm assuming that's like Christmas or something. It's like yeah, it's the Hobbit equivalent. Yuletide is or like New the Year's last or day of the year and the first day of the next of the new year. So it's basically yeah. New Year's Eve, but it's kind of like a week long celebration leading up to it. So yeah, so they said, which sounds like a wonderful place to be for that time of year yeah they stay they stay there for like several months and all these people come in and out and celebrate and there's lots of good food and it doesn't make any mention of these like anthropomorphic like sentient animals that were there um when we had that chapter in i think it was called like queer queer lodgings where it was like dogs walking on two legs who were like serving them food and stuff yeah (laughs) Yeah, like just really it doesn't make any mention of that but i'm assuming they're there too but they have a great winter there they have a great time um and then finally when spring starts springing bilbo and gandalf decide to head home then there's this beauty the way this chapter this chapter closes out is absolutely beautiful and just once again i'm like dang it tolkien you're actually like a really good writer (laughs) How could you? Like I make fun. I I made fun of you a lot, but that was actually really beautiful. So, uh, wipes away tear. Yeah. Um. I won't read. I say I won't read all of it. I'm literally not reading two sentences of it, but it's fine. Yeah. They get up to a point where Bilbo turns back and looks around. There behind lay Mirkwood, blue in the distance and darkly green at the nearer edge, even in the spring. There far away was the lonely mountain on the edge of eyesight. On its highest peak, snow, yet unmelted, was gleaming pale. So comes snow after fire, and even dragons have their ending, said Bilbo, and he turned his back on his adventure. The Tookish part was getting very tired, and the Baggins was daily getting stronger. I wish now only to be in my own armchair, he said. I love that. That's the end of the chapter. And honestly, I would have been perfectly happy if that was even the end of the book. Right? 
that that was my thought too is that feels very fitting as an end if if Tolkien had wanted to but then again knowing Tolkien he always goes on for a little bit longer than he necessarily needs to but that's fine we'll allow it because that gives us another another week of the Hobbit and then the the last chapter is called the last stage and it's I think it's let's see uh it's short yeah they're all I I was really amazed yeah it's like eight pages something like that yeah uh, I was really amazed at how short a lot because I kept it was getting to a point where like I would have a short chapter and I'm like oh I'm sure this is just like the exception I'm sure they'll get longer after this right. and then they never did <laughs> well and it's like in at the end of Return of the King that feels pretty long that return journey it's pretty uh, truncated in The Hobbit oh yeah like there's a whole I mean there's like a whole chapter dedicated to just it's called the part I think parting of the ways something something along those lines it's a it's a very long chapter with a lot happening yeah. and that chapter is pretty much solely dedicated to their journey back home and the you know parting of ways yeah. and everything and it doesn't even fully encompass their journey back home because there's still I think like two more chapters before they even get back to the Shire right. um, and then this we had three character deaths. <laughs> The end of a battle, a bar- a burial, you know. Blood everywhere. There was a lot again. that happened in here, yeah. And then a return journey home that took, you know, two pages. Again, just so funny, the stark differences that Tolkien had between writing The Hobbit and writing Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Where clearly the publishers, the editors, whoever, were like, you know what? You do your thing. Yeah. We'll just <laughs> we love The Hobbit. <laughs> just do your thing. Yeah. People will read it, yeah. But yeah, this is a good, uh, good like example this chapter i think of like the tonal differences between mm-hmm. the two like how how tolkien would have handled death and grieving and and grim things in lord of the rings is so different from how he handles it here in the yeah Hobbit. yeah so this is a question for us to consider there was a tiktok i saw about how someone was saying like it's not redemption if a character dies protecting other characters, like that's not necessarily redemption. That's just them going out in a blaze of glory. Or, mm. you know, if the if the character who had been doing something wrong died in a battle or died for the good of the cause or whatever, that's not necessarily redemption. It's just it's just dying. It's just go it's just going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I was talking about with Boromir, everyone. Yeah. So what do we how do we feel about that kind of concept with Thorin where he caused a lot of strife like him dying eventually yes Lake Town and Bard and everyone did get their treasure but that was kind of only because he died right <laughs> and he wasn't really around you know the spell that had happened to him because of the treasure was broken somehow or whatever and eventually, you know, we don't we don't know exactly. I was talking in the previous chapter. We don't really know what it was that caused Thorin and the other dwarves to come out of the mountain and fight. It just happened. They just came out and fought. So I don't know. I don't necessarily have an answer to that exactly of like, was this action of him coming out and fighting um, redemption for him? And does it like make up for his, you know, past not word, tra- not not tra- transgressions. That's the word I was looking for. And like everything that he caused, we're like he was the cause of this battle, sort yeah. of. You know, um, I think the goblins and them were coming anyway. But like he caused that. He caused the destruction of Lake Town. He was very greedy. He said horrible things. Di- he almost like killed Bilbo right. when he found out he gave them the Arkenstone. You know, so 
I don't necessarily know. What do you What do you think? I just did a lot of talking, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> You're fine. No, I I feel like I go back and forth on this because I think it's a really valuable question in terms of Thorin. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Redemption arcs are tricky that way. I love Star Wars, and there's a lot of redemptive arcs in there, and they're the same kind of thing where it's kind of the deathbed repentance or the um, last final sacrifice. And does that exonerate these you know evil characters from the evil things they've done? I don't know. That's a hard question. I'm I'm like you. I I don't know that I have a good answer, but I think it is worth at least examining and considering, and and also remembering that like fiction tends to be symbolic in some way. So mm-hmm. you know, like someone that does this in real life, that deathbed repentance, I think is is different than a character doing it. But mm-hmm. um, again, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Well, neither of us know the answer to that question, <laughs> listeners. I'll probably, you know, tweet a maybe tweet a, a Twitter poll or something and ask you how you feel about that. A lot happened in that chapter. It was short, but we talked for the full episode length, so I consider that a win. We did it. We did it, everybody. Casey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, what would you like to share with our audience? I have nothing to share. I told you I'm just a guy. Um, He's just a guy. Yeah, listeners, if you don't know, um, Casey and Valerie decided to leave us. No, I'm just kidding. They have very busy lives and other aspirations that they need to give time and attention to, such as moving. That's the current aspiration. (laughs) I'll probably end up, you know, podcasting again. I I do love it and I miss it. But uh, now is just the time to sort of let that go for for the time being. But the Hello from Elsewhere episodes are available still. So if, if you're interested, they're there. They're up. They're available to listen. Yes, definitely go listen to all of those. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Sincerely Us, which I think this week, Becca and Eni will have Beth Requels on to cover the next Star Kid show, Holy Musical Batman. I usually join them for the Star Kid episodes, but my life is just too insane right now. And I was like, y'all have fun without me. I'll catch you on the next one. So go listen to that. Uh, it'll be a really fun episode. I love Holy Musical Batman too. So yeah, go listen to Sincerely Us or listen to them talk about their podcast right now. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day and here's why. Because today we have found your new favorite podcast. Do you like all things musical theater? Or do you just like Hamilton? Then Sincerely Us is perfect for you. We take deep dives into modern musicals and teach you all that you need to know. From props and sets. To playwrights and composers. We will get you caught up on all things Broadway. We are Becca and Eni, two best friends. Here to teach you all about the shows that we love. Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. Join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and on WBNE.org. The cover art is by Graphite, aka Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod or following the link in the episode description. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. I really recommend joining Discord for $3 a month. Um, you will get access to a special That's What I'm Talking About thread, as well as some other general fun threads in the WBE Discord server. Or you can become a sponsor like Danny. Danny, who is a longtime wonderful supporter of the podcast. And I appreciate your support. 
very much. And just a reminder that next week on July 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be participating in a discussion with Jeffrey Craner, which I'm freaking out about, from Within the Wires, as well as Elijah Bailey from A Little Bit O Anime and Blackened Studios. Um, it is called The Fandom and Communities of Favorite Fiction, and that is again on July 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, cool. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I had some and I forgot. Give me one second. <laughs> okay, okay. Because we didn't talk about how wonderful it is. Oh, well, let, let, me, let me ask first. Yeah. Is there something we missed that you wanted to Just talk about? Just one thing. Like there at the end, um, in the span of like a page, or at least for me, it was like in the span of a page, there were like three different really good blessings. So um, Bilbo tells the dwarves, may your beards never grow thin, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really wonderful. Um, I wish people would say that to me more. That's really nice. Um, there's, and then there was two more. Where are they? Uh, oh, the Elven King tells Bilbo, may your shadow never grow less or stealing would be too easy. That's a really good one. Um, I, I thought there was one more. Oh, yes. The Elven King told Gandalf, may you ever appear where you are most needed and least expected. So oh, that's what I'm going to tell the listeners. May you ever appear one, where yeah. you're most needed and least expected. And then if you're at Mary Clay's door... She will hide under the window. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hide under the window, everyone. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>